0: I'm glad you're on board, and I've got a great message to encourage you as you watch. Psalms 50, verse 15 says, Call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Now, this is a message you can use for the rest of your life. This kind of message is timeless, you know, it knows no boundaries. Triumphant in the day of trouble. I know going out to meet trouble has got to be one of life's shortest walks. And if you're not in trouble today, you're probably headed for some trouble. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You know you're having a bad day when your horn sticks on the freeway right behind 32 Hell's Angels motorcyclists. You know you're having a bad day when your twin sister forgets your birthday. Or your doctor tells you that you're allergic to chocolate. Or the gypsy fortune teller offers to refund your money when she sees your future. That's a bad day. Or you call your spouse and tell them you want to eat out tonight, and when you get home, you find a sandwich on the front porch. Bad day. But Psalms 50, verse 15, God says to all of his kids, Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Are you in trouble? Wonderful. Trouble is an asset. Trouble is the gateway to discovering the power of God. God Himself cannot deliver a man or a woman who's not in trouble and who will not admit it. How can you know God as a healer without being in a battle with some sickness or disease? How can you know God as your provider if you've never had a need? How can you know that God is a friend that sticks closer than a brother without being lonely and without being rejected? How can you know God is the healer of the broken heart without sobbing in some personal Gethsemane of your own when God seems to be silent and the night long and dark? How can you know God is a deliverer unless you've lived at some point in your life in bondage or captivity, bondage that harms you by your weaknesses and habits? You know, they've now enslaved you. They've robbed you of your dignity and your good name. So are you in trouble? Fantastic. Trouble can be a beautiful thing. You're in a perfect position to discover the power of God to answer prayer. You're in the right position to discover that God heals the brokenhearted. You're in a perfect position to discover that God comforts those that mourn, that God can give you victory over your enemies no matter how many there are. That God can restore your finances. That God can give you life without limit. That God can give you, you know, that joy unspeakable and full of glory. That God can give you a peace right in your heart that surpasses all understanding. That the God we serve is the God of all hope in the darkest night of your life. Now, the Bible presents propositional truth. God says, if you will call on me you will be delivered. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But if you don't believe, absolutely nothing's going to happen. He says, if you'll confess your sin, I'll forgive your sin. If you don't confess, then I can't forgive you. So the proposition from our text is, call on me. And as powerful as God is, he can't answer prayers until they're prayed. You know, prayer should be your first choice, not your last chance. God's proposition is, you call, I'll answer. When the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace, they called on the Lord, and the fourth man appeared in the fire, and they walked out of that blazing inferno without one hair being singed and without the smell of smoke upon them. I'd love to see a video replay. You know, when you get in trouble, God doesn't send somebody. He shows up himself. So let me ask you, If you were the king of an unlimited kingdom with unlimited wealth, and you saw a ragged, hungry, starving child begging in the street with great need, and you told that child, I give you a royal decree. Call me tomorrow at the palace, and I'm going to meet your every need. You're never going to be hungry again. And the child came the next day to the palace, full of expectation and hope. Wouldn't you help that child? Well, of course you would. Well, Jesus Christ the king of glory, a king of unlimited wealth and power, the creator and sustainer of heaven and earth, has made a royal decree to his children. Call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. See, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, Jesus said, he will do it. No good thing will I withhold from those that diligently seek me. Folks, He's greater than the giants you're facing. He's greater than the mountains you're climbing. He's greater than the burden you're carrying. There is no God like our God. Greater is He that's in you than He that is in the world. Nothing is impossible with God or with you. Now, most people think, you know, you've got to be in a stained glass cathedral to communicate with God. Nothing could be further from the truth. Some of the greatest prayers ever prayed were not prayed in church. I think I've prayed a few of those myself. Jonah called from the belly of a great fish, a stinking slimy place, and God heard him and delivered him. It was nasty, but he got delivered. Elijah called in deep depression from the brook Cherith. God heard him and sent him angel's food. That guy ran 40 miles in front of the king's chariot. You talk about a power lunch. Old Elijah had one. This was a 40-mile I don't know what that protein bar was, but I'd like to have a piece of it. Paul and Silas prayed from a jail, and the angels came, shook the jail off its foundation. They walked out with the keys to the prison in one hand and a convert in the other, because God heard them from a place that was despicable and desperate. And today, while we're praying from the internet across this country and world, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So call on the name of the Lord in the day of trouble, and He will break the chains of misery and habit that enslave you. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. He will heal your sick body because he's still the great physician. He will restore your fractured marriage. He will bring that prodigal son or daughter home. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. He's the God from everlasting to everlasting. The God who makes a way. He is God and there's none like him. Not in the heaven above nor in the earth beneath. By the way, who is this upon whom David bids us to call? Well, David writes, the mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken. Get this straight. Our God is a God of power. You know, creation's morning was God's power on parade. The earth did not evolve. The earth was created by the majestic word of Almighty God. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. In the beginning, God said, God said, God said. And after seven bold, powerful proclamations, there was a perfect world because it was created by a sovereign, almighty, all-knowing, ever-present God. Atheists and agnostics and pseudo-intellectuals believe that billions of years ago, the sun shined on a stagnant pond of water. And after a few billion more years, a tadpole started to wiggle. And after millions of years of wiggling, it crawled out on the land. And it grew a tail. It eventually learned how to walk. It climbed a tree, hung by its tail. And that's your great, 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 great grandfather. I don't believe that for one second. And by the way, can I say this? Even as a pagan boy, as a non-Christian, even through my university education, All the boys from the South that went to college with me laughed at that. No, we weren't Christians, and we were not nice boys. But we could not get that that brain of ours around such nonsense. It didn't even make any sense. See, I believe and we believed, God scooped up a handful of clay and (laughs) breathed into it the breath of God, and man became a living soul. So who is this God that bids us to call upon Him? David called Him Elohim, the Mighty One of Israel. Isaiah said His name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Mary called Him Jesus. And you and I as believers can call Him Lord. He's my Savior. He's my friend. He's my Deliverer. He's my Counselor. He's my Comforter. He's my Shield. He's my Buckler. He's my high tower. He is the great I am. He is the great physician. He is the great shepherd who guides and provides. He's the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. He is the one who was and is and evermore shall be. He's called the bread of life. He's living water. He is meat for men and milk for children. He is the chief cornerstone, precious and elect laid in Zion. He is Emmanuel. God with us, the hope of glory. He is the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. He is the immortal, invisible God. He is the light of the world. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lord of glory and the light of the world. We give Him praise and honor. You know, names names have significance. Some do. Some are shameful. Some open doors for you. The name of John D. Rockefeller will open the doors of banks. The name of Einstein will open the doors of science all over the world. The name of Beethoven will open the doors of music. You know, around the world, concert, entertainment centers will all open. But I'll tell you something better. The name of Jesus Christ will open the windows of heaven and shut the gates of hell. King David writes this. The earth is the Lord's. And all they who dwell therein. That's Psalms 24. Who controls the earth? God does. Who controls the environment? God does. God Almighty is in charge of planet earth. Angels bow before Him and say, Holy, 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 night and day. Demons tremble at the mention of His name. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And nothing can ever change that. Malachi 3 Verse 6 says, for I am the Lord, and I change not. You know, God controls nature. Psalms 18, verse 10, God rides on the wings of a storm. In Jesus' earthly ministry, he walked across a raging sea, and he shouted, peace, be still. A better translation might be, shut up, be muzzled. Once he was asleep in a boat, and a big storm came up, And Jesus got up and grabbed the winds in his fist and arrested them and said, I'm taking a nap and I'm going to finish it. God opened the Red Sea to allow his people to cross and then destroy the Egyptian army. God made the sun stand still so Joshua could finish defeating Israel's armies. God moved the sun back a few degrees so Hezekiah would know that he was going to live and that God was in control. God opened the womb of a 90-year-old woman so Isaac could be born. God opened the womb of a virgin and gave her seed without a man so Messiah could be born without the taint of sin in his bloodline. God commanded ravens to feed Elijah. God shut the mouth of lions for Daniel. And God can stop this coronavirus dead. Of course, God sent the great flood to destroy the earth and to declare, lest you forget, I have the power to judge the earth and all mankind with it. You know, the fact is, folks, what you believe has no bearing on reality. Fire burns, whether you believe it or not. Poison kills, whether you believe it or not. The earth is a sphere, whether you believe it or not. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west, whether you believe it or not. God used an earthquake on resurrection morning. That's why the stone was rolled away from Christ's tomb. That's why many people rose from the dead. Jesus was not the only one that rose from the dead. He was the first one. Matthew 27, verse 52 through verse 54. It said, and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. "...and coming out of the graves after Christ's resurrection. They went into the holy city, Jerusalem, and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that just happened, they feared greatly and said, Truly, this was the Son of God." You know, I thought about this for a little bit. These people have been dead who knows how long. The wife's probably remarried. And to make a long story short, they come up out of the grave with Jesus and they go into the city, and I can just imagine Hazel going to the door. Now she's remarried, and she's got to meet Fred, and Fred's back. I, I mean, that had, to be, that had to be a wild couple of days for different family members and people. I'd love to see a video replay of that one. See, God's in charge of earth, folks. He's not sitting benignly in heaven, drooling on himself, out of touch, out of control. He's not wringing his hands over the ungodly. He's not threatened by Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Psalms twenty-two, verse 4. Psalms 2, verse 4. He that sits in the heavens, that's God, laughs at the wicked, seeing the day of their judgment is coming. So God's not worried about dictators, despots, tyrants, and madmen. He's not in heaven sucking a Maalox bottle to calm his upset stomach. He's saying, ha, 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 wait for the judgment. The Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, folks, I'm sure for many of you, this is not new, but there is a war going on in our nation and world as well as others. It's a war between light and darkness, between Christ and spirits of Antichrist, between good and evil. And there's no place to hide out. You cannot be a spiritual conscientious objector. You're in it on one side or the other. When you were born again, you weren't dropped into a nursery. You were dropped into battlefield earth. Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. A book has been written called Wake Up, American Christians, You're Under Attack, and it was written by a Jewish rabbi. He writes that the state will try to make every attempt to make Christianity socially unacceptable, to make it something only the poor, the foolish, and hateful would even try to turn to. In America, we're slowly trying to criminalize Christianity, Ah, but God's up to something. You know, you're not supposed to pray in public gatherings. You can't use the name of Jesus. The attempt to marginalize Christianity and to shove us in the corner out of the way and out of a sight still goes on today. Could I just make a public service announcement? It's not going to happen. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. The Bible says of His kingdom, there shall be no end. And Satan can take that and put it where the sun doesn't shine. Let me close with this thought. Trouble is an asset. Oh, we hate trouble. We complain about trouble. We run from trouble. Hey, we even run from friends when they're in trouble. But trouble has made you everything you are. Every improvement you've ever made was because of trouble. I'm telling you it's true. Wendell Wilkie said, What a man needs to get ahead in life is a powerful enemy. Believe it or not, our antagonist is our helper. Every muscle in your body has an antagonist working against the other, so you are constantly developing strength. Your antagonist strengthens your faith, your resolve, your will. Your antagonist strengthens all of you. You need this antagonist to grow to sharpen your skills, to find out where you're weak and vulnerable. What does do that for us as believers? T-R-O-U-B-L-E, trouble. Don't run from it, saute it with hot sauce, eat it for breakfast, and rejoice for the opportunity to be an overcomer. Dr. Marie Ray studied the great lives and great personalities in the United States to see if there was a common denominator for their success. Well, there was. She said it was trouble from a major handicap. Helen Keller graduated from college with honor while being deaf and blind. I want to ask my kids, what's your problem? You know, my children kind of hated Helen Keller because on report card day, I'd hold her up as the standard of academic excellence. Glenn Cunningham was burned over 90% of his body in a school fire. Doctor said he'd never walk again, but Glenn Cunningham broke the world record in the mile. Trouble (coughs) drove him to be a champion. A ninth-grade boy went out for the basketball team and was cut by a coach who said, you're not good enough. His name? Michael Jordan. How would you like to be the village idiot that cut Michael Jordan? (laughs) Dr. Ray's conclusion was, No one succeeds who is not driven by trouble to be their very best. And I can promise you this, across this country and world, significant changes are going to occur spiritually and naturally. In the business community, in the tech industry, in the spiritual uh, industry of church life and religious operation, everything is going to be different after this season of trouble. You know the difference between a priceless diamond and a lump of coal. A diamond is just a lump of coal made good under intense pressure in the bowels of the earth. You know, it's surmounting difficulties that produces heroes. For every mountain, there's a miracle. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4 We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted but we're not forsaken, we're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Translation, I've been run over, but I'm still in the fight, I'm still in the game. One day a fire broke out in the laboratory of Thomas Edison, burned his lab to the ground. A lot of valuable experiments and notes were lost. After the fire, he walked through the rubble, scattered the ashes, and found a tiny package that had been bound very tightly together. In the center of the package was a photograph his photograph, and the photo was burned around the edges, sprinkled with some water spots, but undamaged. He took his pen, and he wrote across the back of the photograph, it didn't touch me, and he kept that photograph for the rest of his life, because Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 said, you will walk through the fire, but the fire won't burn you. You will walk through the water, but the water will not drown you. God's promise, call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. When the doctor says you're sick beyond medical help, I will deliver you. When the hounds of hell surround you to eat your flesh, I will deliver you. When your business fails, I will deliver you. When it seems you're in a dark Gethsemane and there's no end, I will deliver you. When you lose your job, God will deliver you. When your lawyer calls and says you've just been sued, shout, God will deliver me. And listen, there is no such thing as a no chance for a believer. That doesn't exist. There was no chance Abraham could father a son at 100 years of age, but the old boy did. There was no chance the Red Sea could part and two million Hebrew slaves could walk across on dry ground. But they did. There was no chance bread would fall out of the sky, water would come out of a rock every day for 40 years in a desert, but it did. You see, hope is based on the substance of what God has done in the past and knowing He can do it again for you now. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever He did then, He can do now. So don't walk through the rest of your life thinking there's no chance. Instead, brighten your hope. Your future is far brighter than you can imagine. God will never leave you or forsake you. Would you pause for a moment? Maybe just bow your head with me for a second. I wonder how many of you watching this broadcast could say, Rick, I'm in a day of trouble, brother. I need God's help today. Now, I'm not asking you if you're responsible or you're not. I'm not asking you what kind of trouble. I'm just saying you are in a day of trouble and you want God's help, then remember the propositional truth. Call on me. So if that's you, I want you to pray with me this prayer. And if you're in your home, just pray it out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And cleanse me of all unrighteousness I'm coming to you now to call upon you in my day of trouble and I'm asking you father to provide this for me in my day of trouble now with our heads bowed tell him exactly what you need him to do go ahead right now whether it's healing your marriage your business guidance Wisdom for decisions you have to make. Help through legal problems. Call on him, folks. He's listening. And he says, I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Now let's finish that prayer together. And now, Father, in faith believing, I receive your answer. I receive it today according to your word. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever, hallelujah. Now, may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord make His face shine upon you, and may the Lord be gracious to you and grant you His peace, and may you walk in the confidence that God is going to bring to you deliverance in your day of trouble. May He bring you peace that passes all understanding and joy unspeakable in Jesus' name. I release this blessing upon you now in the name of Jesus. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SummitSA.com.